Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ready for five straight days of football. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We have finally made it to week one of the college football season. Uh, before we get to our picks, we want to announce our Against the Spread Pick'em League. It is 10 games per week. It's on ESPN.com. And you can find the link to join that by going to collegefootballbros.com slash pick'em. So collegefootballbros.com slash P-I-C-K-E-M. We'll also have a link to it uh, in the bio of our Instagram at CFB Bros. And the league drops your worst scoring week of the season. So if you miss a week for some reason, if you miss the first week, you're still in it. So be sure to join even if you're listening to this after week one. Uh, Trey, we also have a Patreon that you can join. Yeah, we'd love anyone to uh, to join the Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash college football bros to find out a little bit more. But uh, with it, you get access to our exclusive text group on uh, Discord. We record bonus episodes. Uh, and then in the desc- Discord, we have a real fun group of people chatting football all season long. And it's also not just football the rest of the year. Other sports, talk about sports betting. We occasionally do Zoom meetups uh, for trivia or something around the holidays. So it's lots of fun. Patreon.com slash college football bros. All right. Let's, uh, unfortunately, we have to briefly recap week zero, which was uh, a painful <laughs> weekend for the three of us. We were all together on Saturday watching the Huskers. Northwestern beat Nebraska 31 to 28. Ryan, what can we even say about this? I told you so. <laughs> we stink yeah. as exp- as i expected yeah um i mean it's it's again the season's over before it even starts I mean, we, it, it's done we suck there's no chance so that's my thoughts okay so yeah i'm not jumping off a cliff yet but it yeah it's obviously not not good uh i will say pat fitzgerald did a great job coaching this team getting the team ready he's already proven that northwestern is going to be better than last year uh you know and then as far as the game itself, people can talk about the the onside kick call all day long. And yeah, it wasn't good. Might have cost them. You know, it's one of those things. If he got it, he's applauded. But but even if you think it was terrible, the disappointment that I had with the Huskers was their defense. Yeah. Northwestern, yeah, they're improved. But Nebraska gave up over 500 yards. And that, that just can't happen. So the defense could ultimately be a liability for them uh, this season. Oh, yeah. That's the thing about it. In year five here, I'm not just looking to tally even you know tally some close win just to make our record look better. Like I want the team to be good. Of course, it would have been better if it was a win. But Northwestern was not supposed to, is not supposed to be very good this year. Certainly offensively, there's no way they're nearly as great as they looked against that Husker defense on Saturday. So, like even if he didn't call the onside kick, and maybe if Nebraska had won a close one. It's still not a good look. It's still Nebraska yeah, was a double digit favorite. Beat Northwestern. Yeah. They should be winning games like this comfortably. So uh, the fact that it was a loss just made it that much worse. Yeah, and Nebraska can't run it. They can't. You know, their defense is bad. We can't run the ball. You know, occasionally we had Casey Thompson look good for a half, and then after half, it was. I mean, it was straight horrible. Yeah, not great. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, but congrats to Northwestern. That was a big win for them. Maybe they'll have a bounce back season. Yeah. 
any other brief takeaways from from week zero? It wasn't a loaded schedule, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to overreact to to Vanderbilt clobbering Hawaii 63 to 10 and say that they're ready to win a few games in the SEC. But we know Hawaii; they're supposed to be pretty dreadful this year. Timmy Chang inherited very little, but Vandy was only an, about a nine point favorite, and they dominated. Uh, we mentioned in our SEC preview, Vandy played a lot better at the end of last year when the dual threat Mike Wright uh, played. He led this game in rushing. And so looking ahead, they've got Elon, Wake Forest without Sam Hartman probably, and then Northern Illinois. So a chance to start out well here for the Commodores. Yeah, that's uh, exciting for them. My takeaway was was two teams that kind of got decimated by the portal and, and it showed. One of them was Hawaii, you just mentioned. So that was a rough start for them. And also Wyoming going down 38-6 to against Illinois. I It's nice for those for Illinois and Vandy, of course, two power five teams that generally haven't had a lot of success especially vandy but i'm not sure yet how much to read into those games because it's possible hawaii and wyoming are just really really bad fair enough i mean i like illinois i thought they were gonna be all right Um, they could be yeah yeah yeah. i'll go to north texas just seems like they're keeping the mojo going from last year they finished obviously last year strong one in consecutive was it five consecutive games just to make a bowl game they beat a decent utep team uh here in week zero that i mean they made a bowl game last year and i know they lost some pieces but it's still a solid win so north texas may be kind of back on the rise yeah seth luttrell looked kind of dead in the water midway through last year but yeah he's had a nice resurgence um okay let's get into week one let's start with thursday and we've got the backyard brawl west virginia at pitt pitt is favored seven and a half what are you thinking here ryan yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the points uh, with West Virginia here. I just don't feel super confident giving seven and a half with, with Keaton Slovis taking over for Kenny Pickett at quarterback at Pitt. I'm just not sure how that transition is going to work. I mean, is Slovis going to be his old self back from a couple few years back when he first started at USC? Or is he going to be kind of the junior version of him that was kind of struggling a little bit? I know he had some injuries and maybe team play had something to do with that, but I, you just don't know. Um there could be some growing pains there, especially without some proven playmakers like Jordan Addison. On uh, he transferred over to USC, so I'm not. I'm not I don't know about that, um, but I do feel somewhat confident that West Virginia's quarterback play is going to be improved. I mean, you got JT Daniels coming in, who did very, very well as Georgia's um, quarterback when he was able to play, and then you know now Jarrett Dagey left, and Jarrett Dagey couldn't even win the starting job at Western Kentucky. And now he's, you know, looking for another place. Did, he end up, did anybody see if he ended up somewhere? I haven't even noticed yet. I haven't heard if, yeah, if he's yeah, transferred we'll elsewhere. See, but, but anyways, it's not a good sign that Jared Dagey had struggled to win the job at Western Kentucky even. So I think JT Daniels will be an upgrade. Not, I don't think West Virginia's defense might not be all that great this year. I think it might take a little bit of a step back. But you know what? In this one game, first game of the year, I got to take the seven and a half with, with the Mountaineers. Jared Dagey is at Troy. Oh, yeah, never mind. I think I did hear that. Yeah, I probably did too, but... Yeah, yeah, I even mentioned that in the our chat. How soon I forget. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I hear you, Ryan. Uh, first of all, I guess it's good to see the backyard brawl back after about 10 years. Yeah. And and we got the, the battle of the USC quarterbacks. And, you know, I don't I don't love giving over a touchdown in this renewed rivalry, but but I am. Because if I was a West Virginia fan, I don't think I would want my first game working in a new offensive system and quarterback while facing one of the best lines out there. Kalijah Cansey, he could cause problems, especially against uh, West Virginia, who was last in the Big 12 last year and giving up sacks and tackles for loss. 
I think Daniels and West Virginia certainly could improve, kind of to what your point was, Ryan. Um, they'll improve from last year, but maybe just not in this one. Pitt returns a lot, and I think picking up Slovis to replace Pickett isn't all that bad. Yeah, I, I side more with Trey. We'll see if Graham Harrell coming in as the new offensive coordinator uh, with JT Daniels, them kind of pairing back up. Maybe that'll jumpstart that offense, but I guess I'll I'll wait for them to to prove it first, and especially with I don't know, I guess questionable skill talent surrounding um jt daniels i think pitt is the much better team i love their defense i i think it's by far the best group in this game i do worry about narduzzi and his new offensive coordinator frank signetti going too run heavy on offense kind of veering away from what made them successful last year but they've got a lot returning up front i'm, I'm bullish on slovis so yeah i'm taking pitt to cover all right uh, moving on to the next game, we have Penn State, their favorite three and a half at Purdue. What do you think here, Trey? I'm I'm a little torn on this game. I, I kind of go waffle back and forth. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to go with the talent advantage of Penn State. I, I think they're going to have a bounce back season and might be slightly underrated going into the year. And th- this is the first time in Sean Clifford's career that he has the same offensive coordinator in back-to-back seasons. So I think he might be coming into his own and have, have his best year. Uh, especially when he adds a nice transfer at receiver uh, uh, Tinsley, who was with Bailey Zappi last year at Western Kentucky, putting up some some good numbers. And I think the Penn State running game should improve after being very inconsistent a year ago. They got freshman Nick Singleton, could have a big day on the ground, especially when Purdue loses a first-rounder on the D-line, George Karlaftis, um, Aiden O'Connell. He should be great this year for Purdue, but he needs to break in some new receivers this year you know, because his, his top – targets from last year are gone so i'm going to take the nittany lions in the week one matchup here i'm with you i am high on penn state this year with with sean clifford healthy and a really good receiving core. receiving core you brought up mitchell tinsley but also just adding him to parker washington that's a, a great duo there and i think their strength defensively is in the secondary which bodes well against a purdue team that is extremely pass heavy and yeah, no David Bell at receiver, no Milton Wright. He's academically ineligible. I know that. Uh, yeah, I know that Jeff Brom seems to poop out receivers, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, he might, he might, it might be, he might be empty. The bowels might be empty there. So wow. Yeah, <laughs> with with that great description, I'm gonna make Penn State my lock. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, there's really nothing for me to add. You guys covered that. I I, I was going to echo the secondary thing and how I like that matchup. But you want to make like any, any sort of diarrhea type uh, metaphor or yeah. anything like that or no? Nah, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher, elementary school, you know, that type of age. So I'm just going to keep it PG and not, not go with potty mouth. Okay. Well, I tell All you right. what, I hope Penn State doesn't crap the bed then. Oh. All right. Oh. Oh, yeah, Let's yeah, move yeah, on yeah. to Friday. Uh, I'm going to start out with a game here. Western Michigan at Michigan State. I'm going to go chalk here with Michigan State. Everything seems to work against Western Michigan in this matchup because even if Michigan State's pass defense is weak like it was a year ago, the Broncos are working in a redshirt freshman quarterback with hardly any experience since they lost Caleb Ellaby. Um, The receivers are mostly inexperienced outside of Corey Crooms, and they're just not going to be able to take advantage of, of the Michigan State weaknesses there. Um, cause Michigan, uh, they do have much of Michigan does have some good running backs, but that's Michigan state strength. Um, and then 
And then on the offensive side for Michigan State, I think Peyton Thorne will find Jaden Reed a few times. And uh, so we might not learn a whole lot about Michigan State based on the matchup, but I like this particular matchup for Sparty. All right. Another game we got Friday, Illinois at Indiana. Hoosiers favored two and a half. It's hard to know, like I said, what what to take from Illinois' win against Wyoming, but I still trust them more than Indiana. It, it feels like Illinois is building in the right direction. I like their offensive coordinator, Barry Lunny from UTSA. I thought that was a solid hire for, for what Illinois is trying to do. Love the returning defensive coordinator, Ryan Walter. So I just kind of think they have a, a coaching staff edge in this game, whereas the Hoosiers, they've they've had to replace both of their coordinators and... I'm just not sure what to expect from them this year. Uh, we'll see if yeah. uh, Connor Bazelak at quarterback can can help things, but I'm I'm going to take the points with Illinois. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the points with Illinois and make them my lock of the week. Well, all right. Yeah, you're right. you're you're Moving huge on my, Illinois, man. I mean, I like them. I'd yeah, say you love you them. Know. I I mean, this is Brent Bielema's turf, man. Big Ten, run the ball, play solid D. He's made good, like you said, he's made good coaching hires. So Does it I'm, worry yeah, you at all uh, that they're an underdog against Indiana? Does does your love for Indiana or love for Illinois <laughs> kind of wane when you see that? No, it makes me feel better because I feel like, oh, it, it kind of, when it when it does prove to be true that Illinois is pretty good, they're going to be like, wow, Ryan really was on top <laughs> of this. <laughs> Ryan called it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, all right, moving on. We got TCU is favored 13 and a half on the road at Colorado. Colorado should be pretty bad on both sides of the ball. Um, I just don't see them being able to really slow down Sonny Dyke's offense because I think TCU, as Michael's really mentioned, he's pretty high on them. They got some serious talent on that side of the ball. Um, You know, TCU's defense, while they might not be great, they do return a lot and they should be better. And Colorado is just doesn't offer a whole lot offensively. So I think they'll be able to do all right against them. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. See how Colorado's going to have a whole lot of success. TCU minus 13 and a half. I think they'll be able to do it. All right. We'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see uh, what TCU does at quarterback because, right, uh, Sonny Dykes has said he's going to play three quarterbacks in the game. We'll see if, <laughs> if that's true. Hey, I, I believe in him offensively. Moving on to Saturday. Cannot wait for Saturday. We've got starting out here. North Carolina is now a one-point favorite at App State. What do you think in there, Trey? I'm going to go with App State. Um, probably a, a surprising small line for for some people out there. Yeah, I know North Carolina was probably just going through the motions last week, so I'm not going to put too much into it. But Florida A&M, without 20 guys, they were kind of in the ball game at halftime. The Tar Heels had to score with five seconds left in the half to only go up two scores. Uh, you know, Drake May, he got his feet wet. That should help in, in this game. But something to, something to watch here is, for the Tar Heels is they were really bad in pass protection last year. They're working in some new pieces. And and on the other side, Chase Bryce, he returns at quarterback. He had a strong year. Uh, a matchup that favors App State is their run game as well. Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, they combined for over 2,000 yards. They returned most of the offensive line. That's kind of why I'm on the Mountaineers here. I agree. I, I'm taking uh, App State here. I like them a lot in this one. And that game you mentioned, the 4 a.m. game, it was 35-24 going into the fourth quarter. I mean, this that was not a, you know, I mean, in North Carolina outscored them 21 nothing in the fourth to make it look a lot, you know, less close than it was. So that 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 was definitely worrisome for me, considering the fact that North Carolina has a track record of not having a good defense. That, that's the main problem that they seem to have had. They've, mm-hmm. Offense hasn't been it. So giving up that much to a, a Florida A&M team isn't a ton of guys. Not a good sign for me. 
North Carolina, or I'm sorry, App State. I, mean, I like what they have coming back, and I think they're offensively they're they're well balanced. They can win games through the air, or they can win games on the ground. I think it bodes well for them. I like App State. Yeah, I'm I'm taking App State as well. We'll see if if Chase Bryce can continue uh, can back up his his great year uh, in 2021 here again without three veteran receivers that that graduated but other than that love the running game i trust their defense more than what gene chizik has right now going at north carolina so three for three there all right moving on uh we got uh maybe the second biggest game of the weekend hard to say there's some good ones but i'll go oregon against georgia this one's being played um in atlanta uh so almost a home game uh, what do you think here, Mike? Oh, wait, or Georgia's favorite 17. I don't know if I said that. Yes, you did not. I think that Oregon can compete in the trenches with Georgia. They've got one of the best offensive lines in the country. I am assuming that Bo Nix is going to be the starter at quarterback. It hasn't been announced, but that's pretty much what, what everyone seems to think. I'm not super high on him, but he's experienced. Mm-hmm. He can imp- improvise against a, a good defense and, and make plays. So he, he, Didn't he beat Oregon before? He did. That was his Remember? first game, right? He had that. Right? He yeah, didn't yeah. really yeah. have Dallas. the greatest game, but he had <laughs> no, that, he uh, that final <laughs> nice throw. Nice play at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he can do something like that. Um, so I don't think their offense will be totally shut down because of their offensive line and and hopefully being able to muster a little bit of a running game. And Oregon, I just really like Oregon's defense. I think Dan Lanning, who, of course, that, that'll that be the story. They might mention that a few times. Dan Lanning used to be the defensive yeah. coordinator for Georgia last yeah. year. Uh, but he inherits a lot of talent. A great group of linebackers led by Noah Sewell. He's got Brandon Dorless, a beast up front. I think they hang in there well enough to get the cover. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Ducks, too. Feels just like a little too many points. Uh, you know, Georgia obviously loses a lot on defense, but that being said, they're still going to be one of the best in the nation because they have a lot of pieces that do return on, at least on all three, uh, at least someone key on all three levels. But, uh, but, but the ducks, they have a veteran offensive line. They have that line has 80 career starts, two first team, all pack 12 players. So to me, it's just going to come down to if they, if they get the the good Bo Nix or at least a conservative Bo Nix. And I think the new scenery could help him. And then just to add another player to the the Oregon defense you mentioned, Mike, is uh, Justin Flo. He's an elite talent that could could really break out this year. So I think the Ducks, you know, have the pieces to to give Georgia a run for their money. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I like Oregon. I think they're going to have a strong running game. I think they're going to have a really good defense, particularly up front. It's usually a recipe for success. So, yep, give me Oregon. All right, next one, Cincinnati. At Arkansas, Arkansas is favored six and a half. Ryan, lead us off. Sure. Um, I, I like the Bearcats. I, I think they're still going to be a very strong team this year. Um, they got all of their offensive linemen coming back. Um, I think they'll be just as good, if not better, at running the ball um, through the air. That that remains to be seen, especially since we aren't 100% certain who's going to end up being the starting quarterback for them. My guess is Evan Prater. Uh, My guess super is talented. Ben Bryant. Wow. Okay. We got a little bit of a, a you know, maybe we'll both see them both at some yeah, point. But, I, yeah. I think you might, you know, uh, Evan Prater has the upside. Um, maybe Ben Bryan is a little more stable. He's obviously had a good, some good year over there at Eastern Michigan, but anywho, um, either way, I think they're going to, they're going to be, have a pretty, pretty solid, solid offense. 
I, I just really like their defense, uh, top-rated AACC def- AAC defense. That's so hard to say, just because you want to say the ACC. I can never get that. You can say American okay, Ryan, if you yeah. want, but I'm also I call That's it true. I call it AAC. Also, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I think AAC makes sense. I call it the American Everybody. Athletic Conference. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm sure you do. Sure you do. <laughs> yeah. sure you do. Power six. Um, yeah, I, I they're top ranked defense in that. Uh, conference last year and they got a they got, even though they lost some key pieces they still have a ton of talent all their all their starters in the secondary will be seniors led by arquan bush linebacker group should be really good um you know they got all mac linebacker ivan pace he transferred in from miami ohio joining his brother who's was since he's leading tackler last year d line should still be strong so they're they're good man in arkansas i like jefferson kj jefferson he's good but I want to see how he does without Traylon Burks, who had over 1,100 yards receiving last year. Next man up, the next, the second leading receiver had 337, and he's gone too, actually. So I want to see how he does without them. And I think they lost a key piece on defense too. John Ridgeway, kind of their big BT tackle, really helped plug some holes for that D. You know, I, I really just think this game could go either way. So I'm going to take those six and a half. I'm going to take the six and a half as well. I, I think that. There's just enough returning to this Cincinnati team that they'll they'll still be very good. Like you mentioned, the offensive line with a floor of Ben Bryant at quarterback. I think that's that's pretty good. Yeah. And I'm just trusting Fickle's recruiting and development on the defensive side of the ball. I just think they're gonna year in and year out have a really good defense. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll wait for. I mean, I do worry a little bit about the fact that um, this is Bryles first time having uh, a returning starter at quarterback so maybe I, I think he's Kendall Browse is a great offensive coordinator maybe that will lead to more success for him but I'm yeah. with you with uh, the receiving core I don't know without Traylon Burks I think the passing explosiveness will will come down a bit this year and maybe they won't be able to take full advantage of Cincinnati's new pieces in the secondary I'm going to be a Razorback fan this year. I like their team. I really like KJ Jefferson, but I'm taking Cincinnati because I just think the general assumption is they lose too much from the playoff team. And like you said, Mike, I think there's a system and program in place. So uh, Arkansas, potentially they could have a little bit more on offense with their run game and KJ Jefferson, but I think the Bearcats can hold their own and keep it close. All right, next game, Houston minus four at utsa houston trying to be this year's cincinnati maybe cincinnati could be this year's cincinnati again we'll see but uh yeah, Ryan, what are you thinking in this yeah. one um well utsa was having a heck of a year last year as well pretty much so maybe utsa yeah. will be this year's cincinnati yeah, it, it, there you go you never know all right um yeah both these teams Diana, they should have really good offenses uh utsa they're led by quarterback frank harris good old lefty gotta love that um and they have a thousand yard receiver back sakari franklin um four starters back on the line they're they're going to be really good on that side of the ball houston um clayton tunes back at quarterback and a big time receiver nathaniel dell he had over 1300 yards um so i think both offenses great to me the difference is defense i think houston has just got the clear advantage there um you know they have some some nice really nice talent uh, their defensive line in particular, I really like Derek Parrish uh, and, and Nelson Caesar uh, at defensive end. I think they're really, really good. Could be all ACC type guys. Um, did I say it right? A- AC? Yeah, yeah. I think you might have said ACC. <laughs> I know. It sounded like a 
A and C kind of mix. I, I, I kind of zoned out for a second mind. there, but <laughs> so I think I did too when I said it. Uh, they got some really good players of linebackers. I like, you know, I think their secondary should be pretty good. They do have to replace a couple corners, so that's a bit of a concern. But you know, I, I just think their defense is far, far better than UTSA's will be. So I'm going to give the four and take Houston. I'm taking Houston also. Um, they UTSA they they had their dream season last year, but they lost their offensive coordinator and the highly productive Sincere McCormick at running back. I love Frank Harris, um, but I think Houston, with their strong pass rush, could get to him, and and really they could be the best AAC defense this year, and they just can't let Harris get loose on the ground as, as he's pretty pretty good there. But I like the, the matchup for the Houston offense against UTSA's defense just because they were very vulnerable in the past D last year, so not an ideal first match first matchup. So I think Dana's boys get the win. I agree with you guys. I'm going with Houston uh, because of that big ed- big edge defensively. So go Cougs, C-O-O-G-S. That's right. All right, let's move on to the next game here. We have Utah minus three at Florida. What do you think, Trey? You know, I'm going to adjust that two and a half. It's two and a half now. Oh, yeah. Uh, big difference, actually. Actually, you know what? You can get both. You can get both. Whichever one you want. Whichever one's better for you. That's right. That's like right. I, we're shopping here. We're shopping. Yeah, we can lines, line yeah. shop a little bit. Uh, yeah. I've dubbed this the Urban Meyer Bowl all off season. Uh, it's really such a, a fun first game and, and really difficult to forecast. We pretty much know what the Utes bring to the table with Cam rising back after his stellar play last year, along with Tavion Thomas running the ball very well. And they generally always have a strong defense under Kyle Whittingham, but that might be challenged a little bit uh, as they need to replace Devin Lloyd uh, right there. But the big wild card, of course, is what Florida will look like under Billy Napier. Uh, You know, the Gators pretty much gave up at the end of the last year, so I'm not putting a ton of stock into what we saw, how they finished. And and we're really now going to start to see if Anthony Richardson, if his arm has improved improved enough to match his ridiculous athleticism, Napier brought in a couple of nice pieces with him from Louisiana, so we'll see how those guys all mesh. And, and I, I, but for me, I'm taking the Gators, the home dog. I, I like that Utah has to travel across the country to the humid swamp, and maybe they'll use that to their advantage. All right, this game is really hard for me to predict, and we we were talking about which what's the biggest game of the weekend. Of course, Oregon, Georgia, and Notre Dame, Ohio State are probably the ones that people would bring up. But those are such big spreads. You know, maybe one yeah. of them will be close, but seventeen point spreads. This one seems like the biggest one that is expected to be competitive. Um, so looking forward to it. I have no idea how good Florida is. I I have pretty good idea how good Utah is. I think they're very good. Um, I think. You know, when they inserted Cam Rising on offense last year, that was really, really good. And the defense, like I said, lost some pieces, but Morgan Scally always has a good defense. So I kind of trust Utah there. So to me, it just comes down to Anthony Richardson's efficiency as a passer. Um, and that is that's a big unknown right now. Um, yep. he, he could be great, but he could struggle. So I'll just take the team with more continuity, the better team last year. And and I guess I'll lay two and a half. I'll I'll, I'll shop around and get lay two there and a half go. shopping. All right, I'll I'll go back with Trey. I'll take those three points uh, with the Gators. I don't. Know, I, I I've I've been saying it all offseason. I'm higher on them. I think the defense will be much improved with a lot of pretty good talent back. Um, offense, I think the system is going to fit them well. Uh, Michael kind of brushed off the 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 defensive losses for Utah. It, 
they were really good, very, very good on defense last year. And yeah. yes, Morgan Scally does produce good defenses, but last year was like borderline elite for them. They were very, very good. So they could drop back quite a bit, especially without guys like Devin Lloyd, who was a stud linebacker, Mike DeFuo, great, great guy on the on the line. So I think there will be a drop off that Anthony Richardson and company can take advantage of. Should be a great game. Come down the wire, taking the three. All right. Next game, Notre Dame at Ohio State. The Buckeyes are favored 17. Michael, lead us off. I'm going to take Ohio State here. I, I'm just not sure if Notre Dame has the the firepower on offense to to keep up. I think their best chance to stay in the game might be to run the ball a lot, run Tyler Buckner at quarterback, who, of course, is very athletic, and the offensive line is very good. We'll see if Jarrett Patterson at center is in the game or not. That could be a uh, important piece but but yeah i could see that being su- successful i could see them covering that way but they're a 17 point dog so there's a good chance they could be playing from behind in this game and might have to rely on buckner's arm which of course he has a ton of talent but we don't know if he can be an efficient passer and a, a good decision maker we just haven't quite seen it so um i'm leaning towards ohio state and i'm also just not sure about uh the receiving talent surrounding buckner michael mayer of course is a great tight end but they're without Kevin Austin, you know, last year's best receiver. Uh, Avery Davis tore his ACL. So still not quite sure if if that passing game will be firing on all cylinders. So give me CJ Stroud, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. on down the list. I just think that Who? Ohio State offense can can overwhelm any defense, even a good Notre Dame one. Okay, fair enough, Mike. I'm going to go the other way here, though. I'm taking Notre Dame. Um, and I, I think you gave them the recipe that I think they'll be able to follow. I think they're just going to be able to run the ball on Ohio State, which kind of at moments last year, a lot of moments, they were not good against the ground, uh, against the rushing attack. So Michigan certainly exposed that. Um, Utah at times, no doubt about it. So, yes, they have a new offensive coordinator. They have some new players coming in, but that's definitely a concern. And Notre Dame, I really like what they have. Buckner's going to be able to run well, good offensive line. Chris Tyree, their running back, he speedster that can really just kind of break one at any time so any increase and he's gone and i'm not underselling notre dame's defense i like them i think they have a good one uh, isaiah foskey is one of the best um pass rushers in the country so hopefully he can kind of maybe get after cj stroud and alter that passing game that's at his elite but jason Ademalola, really good d tackle really love the linebackers secondary is a concern especially after losing kyle hamilton but they did bring in a nice transfer, Brandon Joseph from Northwestern, All-American in his own right. Um, you know, I, I just I think they, they have the, the opportunity to do it. I think the recipe's there to, for them to keep it close. So uh, I'll take uh, Notre Dame uh, plus 17. Yeah, I'm going to take the points too with the Irish. I mean, I know Ohio State is ridiculously talented and they probably have the best offense in the country. And I know Notre Dame can't potentially match them score for score but i do expect freeman to slow the game down with their rushing attack so maybe ohio state's defensive struggles kind of carry into this year at least they're not fully improved yet as they continue to improve throughout the year with Noel's system so that's why i'll take all uh this batch of points all right moving on to boise state at oregon state saturday night what are you thinking trey so a random side note here is that Research Stadium undergoing renovations, so it's going to be almost like half capacity. Uh, That's a bummer. But I'm, I'm going to take the points with Boise. Um, the offense has some questions to answer after losing some pieces, but Hank Bachmeyer's back. 
Uh, so is George Halani at, at running back, hoping to rega- regain some of his form from uh, a couple years ago. But the reason I like Boise is mainly because they should have a stingy defense. They returned 10 starters, were a really stout defense a year ago. The D-line and secondary are going to be major strengths, especially in this game. As Oregon State, they lose a couple big pieces on their offensive line and all Pac-12 running back B.J. Baylor. So I'm going to take my chances against Chance Nolan. <laughs> no, no pun intended there. Yeah. Um, he, he Nolan had 10 picks last year. So I'm actually going to make Boise plus three my lock of the week. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to go the other way. I'm taking the Beavers. Uh, this was a good team last year. Defense was actually decent, which is surprising for Oregon State. And I think they should be even better uh, this year with a ton of guys back. Offense doesn't worry me really at all with Jonathan Smith in charge. Um, and, you know, we kind of thought after they lost Jamar Jefferson, we'd be like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, B.J. Bailey was just a stud. Now, all of a sudden, they're supposedly have another one. And Damian Martinez, he's getting really high praises so far. So I'm not worried about the offense. I think they're going to be more than fine. Defense is good. So yeah, I really like them. And for Boise... Yeah, they got a lot of returning starters back on the defense and some some good pieces on offense, but they weren't they were terrible at running the ball last year. And even the defense, it wasn't great against the run. So, and and I'm not personally the biggest fan of Hank Bachmeyer. I think the offense has been kind of sputtering for a while now. So I'm not confident that they're going to be all that great. I think the Beavers are the better team. I'll take them. Yeah, Boise's offense is a, a question mark, but I think similarly. The Oregon State defense is a question mark. I think they're kind of at similar levels. Um, but I'm I'm going with Boise State. I'll I'll take the points. I like both of these teams, so it's it's kind of hard to pick, but yeah, I think yeah. I think their D line can hold their own against the the Oregon State running game. Okay. Fair enough. Uh moving on to a Sunday's game. We have uh this game's being played in New Orleans. Uh we have Florida State and LSU, and uh LSU's favored three. Another tough one to pick uh, because LSU is just its kind of like the Florida game. <laughs> LSU is such a wild card this year. Um, we still don't quite know who we're going to see at quarterback, whether it's Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer, probably both of them, I guess. But I would i would predict Jaden Daniels to get more of the snaps or the first snaps, but just because of his running ability behind a, a questionable offensive line. But I'm going to take Florida State here. I just like the continuity of the roster and the coaching staff. I, I think with Jordan Travis and a really good stable of running backs. They should have enough success running the ball to keep this a close game, though that's a question mark because Florida State's O line up against that uh, LSU defensive line is could go the wrong way for me, uh, especially with Florida State kind of banged up um, up front. But that's my pick. I'm not too confident in it, but I just I don't know. I guess I'm just going to wait for. I've kind of taken the similar approach with teams like USC and Texas, teams that weren't good last year that are talented. I'm just going to wait for the talent to come together before I bet on it. Yeah. I'm it's obviously it's difficult to to gauge LSU, especially because, you know, I, we we know the whole the offensive side is going to look different with Brian Kelly, but they've they've just had such poor defense the last couple of years. So, we'll see. I I'm going a little blind faith on Florida State. I I just think they're going to be much better this year. They got a game under their belt last year ran or last week where they ran for over 400 yards. Granted, it was lowly to Kane, but they got a good trial run. Um, the, 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 to me, the, the key of the game is that LSU defensive line against the Seminoles offensive line. The Tigers, they got guys like B.J. Ojolari, Mason Smith, Mikai Wingo. Um, so if if the, the line can hold their own on offense for the Knowles, Jordan, Tate, Jordan Travis could showcase his ability on the ground and through the air. 
And uh, and Jared Verse looked pretty good in his, in his first game. Um, and so that front part of the defense, they could make it hard on whoever LSU goes with at quarterback. So even though it's in New Orleans, I'm taking the points with the Knolls. Okay. I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to take LSU. Also, I'll give those points. I'm just not high on Florida State. I really do think they have question marks. I don't trust Jordan Travis through the air. I think the offensive line is going to have some major problems going up against LSU's D-line. Um, and that's just going to be a recipe for disaster. I think they'll have some turnovers. LSU will capitalize. I think LSU's coaching staff will be improved. I think the guys will be more motivated. I still think they have talent there. I think Jaden Daniels will getting, kind of get a renewed focus. Uh, I think he'll look better. You know, I just, I, I, I'm not getting the vibe from Florida State. I just, I'm not high on Norvell. I think it's just not going to go that well this year. So, um, I, I like Brian Kelly. I think Brian Kelly's yeah. a good coach. So give me LSU. No, I could see that happening. Like there's so much turnover with LSU, but there's so much talent and now they have a competent head coach. Mm-hmm. So that could come together for them. We'll see. That'll be a, a fun game to watch on Sunday. Then on Monday, we've got another game. Clemson minus 22 against Georgia Tech being played in Atlanta. What are you thinking here, Ryan? Uh, yeah, that's a lot of points, but Georgia Tech's so bad. So I got to take Clemson. Um, I don't, I'm not high on Clemson's offense. It will be better. You know, they, they return a lot and I do think there'll be an improved team there on offense, but I think Shipley will be able to run the ball. I do think they'll have some success in the passing game because Georgia Tech's defense is going to be bad. Um, and Georgia Tech, the main thing here is I think Clemson could almost cover if they just went if they put up 23 points on offense <laughs> I don't see how Georgia Tech is gonna really be able to move the ball at all I'd be surprised if they got to 10 points so it should be a smother Clemson might just win anyways without even playing offense because they might score on defense so give me Clemson I'm taking Clemson too I think their defensive line will dominate Georgia Tech's questionable O-line and Georgia Tech has a terrible defense so it's kind of a good starting point for this offense to try and get off to the right foot in 2022 i think they'll be able to run the ball well like you mentioned and mostly though i'm just excited to watch quarterback play in this game to watch dju of course he's going to get the start but it will he i mean i know it's not not going up against a good defense but even against bad defenses last year he wasn't looking good so i think we can learn something there and I'm assuming we will also see Kate Klupnik at some point in the game. We'll see if if we see him early. That would be kind of telling um, if if he's in there while the game's still close. But that's that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at these two quarterbacks. Yep, clean sleep for us. I'm going Clemson as well. I you know, I really thought Collins would turn things around in Atlanta, but it doesn't look like they can get it all together. Um, and poor Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech. Like he's probably pretty pretty gifted, but just no help around him. Especially now they lost Jameer Gibbs, transferred away. So. I don't think Georgia Tech's going to be able to do much. I got a question for you guys. If you had to pick one coach to still be at his current job next year, Jeff Collins or Scott Frost? Jeff Collins. I'd take, I, I'd ta- so I'd take Frost. I personally don't know. I mean, I think both are extremely I don't unlikely. Know Collins, I don't know Collins' contract situation, to be honest, but I would lean Frost. But I know Frost's contract makes it a lot easier for him to get fired come It does, October. but he has a lot better chance to recover, I think, than Georgia Tech does. But we'll see agree to disagree no i don't know I <laughs> all right so of the games we haven't discussed which which new starting quarterbacks or either someone who's a first-time starter or just starting for a different team are you most looking forward to to watching on saturday or the whole weekend right um i think a lot of folks are looking forward to seeing spencer rattler 
play. Uh, yeah. New starting quarterback for South Carolina. I mean, we, mainly just because of how bad their quarterback play was last year, and they were still a decent team. So you would just think, like, okay, they have a lot of returning talent. The offense has better even pieces around Spencer Rattler than than last year. Defense should still be pretty pretty solid. They played Georgia State, who who's a decent team. They're a decent Sun Belt team. It's not like this is some you know I don't know FCS terrible team. Georgia State's competitive, so if Spencer Rattler looks good going up against them. Very, very good sign because South Carolina last year would have struggled with this Georgia State team, no doubt about it. I mean, they played a lot of close games. So if they can win comfortably, that's an interesting sign and a good sign for for a Gamecock. So. Yeah, yeah, that spread is only like 11 and a half or 12, something like that. So right, definitely not a gimme. Yep. Um, okay, one quarterback I'm looking forward to seeing is Jaden Delora, the Wazoo transfer now at Arizona. They're playing at San Diego State. They're six and a half point dog. This would be a, a huge win for for Jetfish oh, yeah. if he's able to get it. It's a big test for Delora and the Arizona offense because SDSU always has a really good defense. That's going to be the case this year. And so, yeah, we'll see if if Jacob Cowing, the the explosive UTEP wide receiver transfer uh, joining Delora, can see if they can put up some points. Yeah, and that game is the national CBS game, and they open up Snapdragon Stadium. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, all right. Um, the quarterback I'm going, Quinn Ewers of Texas. They play you on Monroe. Should be a, a terrible game, but just Ewers I'm excited to see. We, 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 we have no idea how he's going to look. Um, Texas obviously has the huge game against Alabama coming up, so they might play fairly, fairly vanilla. But I would think Sark still wants to see what he's capable capable of in, in, in an actual game. You know, is Ewers going to develop a rapport with a guy like Xavier Worthy, or will they just rely on Bijan Robinson more this game? So, even if he's limited, we should get a sense of what he's got. Yep, uh, for sure. Uh, all right, moving on. I got my second one that we're going on here. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Rutgers and BC game. I want to see Gavin Wimsat, a quarterback for for Rutgers four-star guy that they were kind of counting on to kind of really revive, you know, that program. They've kind of got it off the ground, you know, Greg Schiano did a good job of making them competitive, but now they're just, they need a playmaker. They need a guy that I could, I really just take them to, well, the new, the next level. And they're just hoping Gavin Wimsett is that. So I'm interested to see going in this year, if he can actually really do that. Is he going to be truly better than, you know, what they've had? Noah Vedral remains to be seen. And, you know, Fuljakovic, always interested to see him play because he's clearly the best option at QB there for BC. And I'm not even sure, has has have they named Wimsat the, the starting starter? job? Uh, not officially, that's just my guess. Yeah, okay, so we'll see there. Um, let's see, what else am I looking forward to? Jackson Dart or Luke Altmeyer at Ole Miss. They are playing against Troy, and Troy's got a good defense, so that's, that's a, a legit test for for the Ole Miss offense. Lane Kiffin says they're even. So who knows who's going to be the starter. Kind of the latest rumors were that Jackson Dart had had edged out Altmeyer in practice. We'll see if that's the case. We'll see if they both play, but um, should be entertaining to watch. And they've got such great skill pieces around them, especially at running back with Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley. So looking forward to seeing the, the new look Ole Miss offense. Very good. And then I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma. They play UTEP. I'm just overall curious to see how Oklahoma looks under Brett Venables. And, you know, two things I'm looking for with Gabriel. You know, how does he look health-wise? Is he apprehensive at all coming off of uh, his shoulder injury last year? 
And then second, what does the offense look like with him under Jeff Levy? You know, will they try and figure out the run game in this particular game? Or is he going to air it out more to, to Mims? So interested to see Gabriel in game one. I also got to add in Caleb Williams for USC. They're playing against Rice. So oh, yeah, I'm hoping that is not a uh, tough test for USC, but yeah after you know i i'm not counting anything at this point after nebraska goes out and gives up 500 yards to northwestern but uh but yeah looking forward to why'd you have to bring that up i'm Michael? sorry oh, it's just i just God. i shouldn't have but uh, i i was starting to enjoy the pod and then oh <laughs> yeah well anyway caleb williams jordan addison just looking forward to seeing lincoln riley with a usc visor hat we'll see it's got to be a visor <laughs> probably mm-hmm. all right Anyone cool. else? Any other honorable mentions? Well, I mean, Quinn Ewers. Trey already said Quinn Is Ewers, he like, Ryan. Thanks for listening. I know. I know. Thanks. <laughs> you, you know? You just decided to say it again? <laughs> wow. I know. I know. I just didn't like the way Trey said it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael Penix for UW against Kent State. Did somebody say yeah. Adrian Martinez? <laughs> no one said Adrian Martinez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I did a whole spiel on him. <laughs> Yeah, K-State taking on South Dakota. Yeah. 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 We, we haven't brought up the Louisville-Syracuse game all, all episodes, so I'll just say, even though he's not a new starter, I'll just say Malik Cunningham. All right. Now. I'll say it, Garrett Schrader. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> Let's uh, close out this episode with a questionable finish. Desmond Howard's predicted playoff consists of Texas A&M, Baylor, Pitt, and Michigan. If you were to pick a playoff that consisted only of long shots that you believe in, who would it be? He'd be a legend All right. if that came true. Yes, he would. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'll stick with him on Texas A&M, Penn State, Utah, and NC State. Okay. I like, I like a couple of those. I've got BYU. Louisville, yeah. Tennessee, and NC State. But actually, Penn State, Trey, I like that. Maybe take out Louisville. Maybe that's too much of a long shot there. Put Penn State in there. Wow. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go uh, BYU. I like that one. Um, Oregon. I think Oregon could be a dark horse there in the Pac-12. NC State. We all like NC State. Um, and I'm going to say Wisconsin. They could be pretty Ooh. darn good. Always got a good D, good running game. Yep. All right, give me one player you think that could break out in week one. I'll go Quentin Johnston, guy that Michael has been talking about quite a bit there. TCU wide receiver. Um, had a pretty good year last year, not quite a full breakout. This could be his thing. With Sonny Dykes in charge of that offense, he could put up some big numbers Yeah, he's, Colorado. He's just had trouble, trouble staying healthy. So if, if he has a healthy yeah. year in Dykes' system, I, I agree. He'll have a big year. Uh, I'm bullish on South Carolina's offense improving a ton, so I will go with their receiver who transferred in from James Madison. He was a second-team FCS All-American, Juice Wells. So I'll say he has a big game against Georgia State. All right, then I'm going to go Christopher Christopher Brooks of BYU. He's the running back transfer from Cal. BYU plays a sneaky game at South Florida. Um, USF played them tough in Provo. They bring in Baylor quarterback Gary Bohannon. But we've, we all like BYU, Jaron Hall, the running back last year. Tyler Algier had a huge year, so Brooks might fill that void and, and thrive here. All right, let's get to our upset special. We got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. I'm going to go with Old Dominion to get the outright win. 
at home against Virginia Tech as a seven-point underdog. I, I guess that would be two straight wins for them in right at Old Dominion against Virginia Tech. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I don't think ODU is great, but they've got a lot of returning production from a team that was competitive last year, six and seven. And Virginia Tech has a whole new staff, questionable offensive supporting cast around their new quarterback, Grant Wells. I could see this being kind of an ugly, low-scoring game. Maybe ODU ekes out a win. I got Georgia State plus 12.5 at South Carolina. Gamecocks obviously gotten a lot of buzz with Spencer Rattler. I really like the South Carolina program. Would love to see Williams-Brice Stadium get crazy again soon, but they still have to show improvement. Georgia State. They nearly, honestly, should have won at Auburn last year. They won seven of the last eight, won a bowl game, returned 15 starters. Darren Granger, when he was in the lineup at quarterback, that team took off. So he could, they could make it exciting here. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, I'm going to take uh, Miami of Ohio. They're getting about 16 at Kentucky. I think the Redhawks, uh, they'll be good on both sides of the ball this year. Brett Gabbert, he's a good quarterback. Um, this team almost won at Minnesota last year, who ended up being a pretty darn good team. Um, so I think they have a, a shot in this one at Kentucky, who's, you know, they have some questions, especially in the passing game. So, um, yeah, Miami, Ohio. Yeah, and Kentucky dealing with some suspensions, suspensions, including, I believe, Chris Rodriguez out this weekend. So that Major piece. opens the door a little bit there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the College Football Bros. If you want to help us grow the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Watch our YouTube episodes that we'll have coming out all season long. And other than that, enjoy week one. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.